my name is Melody Howe and I'm an intern for Strategic Marketing Communications at Mercersburg. I'm with Ms. Cook from 2015 and Ms. Bradley from 1999. Um, we're kicking off a podcast series based on faculty and alumni who used to be students and now work at the school. So first off, would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Yeah. Uh, my name is Leah Cook, and I am class of 2015, as you said. Um, I have been back and working at Mercersburg full-time. I'm going into my third year, um, but I really enjoyed coming back um, during college and working summer programs and working the adventure camp. So I was really, really glad to stay connected already as an alum through that. And your position? Yeah, oh good. Yeah, my position is a leadership giving officer and I work in the Office of Advancement and Alumni Relations. Thank you. Uh, my name is Jen Bradley of Mercersburg Class of 1999 and I too work in the Office of Advancement and Alumni Relations as the Director of Alumni and Parent Relations. Going into my 16th year uh, working at the school, so I came back in 2006 in the fall. Uh, so I was here when Leah was a student. <laughs> Um, and I think so I guess like one of the burning questions I have to ask is Irving or Marshall? <laughs> Irving! <laughs> Marshall! <laughs> Marshall! Oh, you're Irving. Oh. I'm Irving. I'm never. <laughs> finally, finally. <laughs> finally. <laughs> okay, so we have both teams here, so maybe you guys can like open up eventually about your experiences with like the traditions at Mercersburg. But first I want to ask like, what brought you guys back to Mercersburg and like, what do you love about it here? Yeah, I think um, I think for me it really was you know staying involved throughout college and attending regional events where I was able to you know stay in touch with people who now work in the office as well or that I work with in the office. Um, I think I I've always loved Mercersburg and it's a place that I I'm so grateful for my experience. So when the opportunity came up to um, work in a capacity that would sort of continue supporting it and ensure that it can continue to provide the experience that I loved so much, I feel like I, I jumped on it. And it's been so fun uh, being back and sort of seeing the other side of things as well. My, my story is pretty similar to Leah in terms of reasons, mm. I suppose. Um, I was thought I would go to law school mm -hmm. and was working as a paralegal in New York and decided that that wasn't going to be the path, but I didn't know what was next. Mm -hmm and uh, actually was meeting with somebody who worked at the school who said you should really think about coming back and working in alumni relations, um, which seemed like something I'd be interested in and good at. I was serving as a class agent. I was serving on the alumni council at the time, so I too had stayed pretty involved and pretty connected as a young alum uh, and thought, okay, I could do that. I could come back for a couple of years. Um, it, for me, it was like going home uh, without really going home mm -hmm. to my parents, um, who were sweet and kind, but said, there's no way <laughs> you should move home. <laughs> we love you, but no. Uh, so, so it was, it was a really good move. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there was some apprehension from mm -hmm. some, some people, some of my friends, like you're going to move from New York city to Mercersburg PA, mm -hmm. but the environment must be so different, so yeah. different. Mm -hmm. But I knew that I knew a lot of the people who worked here, mm -hmm. uh, my advisor, Rick Hendrickson, Paul Gailey, who mm -hmm. then later went on to marry my husband and I, um, Heather Prescott, who was my French teacher. Um, I, I thought it would be so cool to, to work with some of the people who I admired and respected tremendously to be colleagues with them. 
Um, so yeah. That's so cool. So do you guys, like, how do you feel Mercisburg prepared you for life, like, after graduating? I mean, like, do, to where you are now, it kind of connects, but... So for me, personally, uh, I went to St. Lawrence University after Mercersburg, and I, I loved my St. Lawrence experience. Not initially. Um, it was hard because I had such a wonderful Mercersburg experience. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of really close friends, mm-hmm. and... It took me a while to, to find that at St. Lawrence, yeah. but I was immediately presented with um, the fact that my Mercersburg experience had been so diverse and I hadn't realized mm-hmm. how diverse it had been, and my St. Lawrence experience was, was less so. So that was something that I wasn't really aware of, but quickly grew to appreciate that I mm-hmm. had friends from all over the world uh, from Mercersburg who I stayed in touch with. Um, in terms of how it prepared me, um, college felt pretty easy. Um, I had to work really hard as a student at Mercersburg. It was pretty rigorous. It was pretty demanding. And so I felt really well prepared in that regard. Um, I also will say frequently, I, I learned how to write. Mm. And I learned how to write really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I remember 11th grade English doing a lot of re- redrafts. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, helped me tremendously. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, that was a, definitely... A really tangible skill that stir- still serves me really well mm. to this day. Were yeah. you guys four year seniors, or how many years did you guys come to Mercer? I was here for three. Okay. So okay. I came in tenth grade, and I was here for all four. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, I think um, similar to Miss Bradley, uh, and similar to something I hear almost every single you know meeting I have with an alum, the writing skill is something I think everyone picks up on so much, and not something I really realized in college. I attended UC Santa Barbara, but you know, thinking back, it, it is so true that I felt really prepared for it um, in writing, but then also in, in all of the other subjects. Um, and I think, of course, Mercersburg prepared me for this position now because so much of my job is talking about Mercersburg. So my own experience without even knowing it has helped me um, a lot in, in connecting with our our families and um, our alumni and, and other constituents. So that seems like a very clear, <laughs> clear path. Um, I'm not sure what was the rest of the how question. How it served yeah. you. <clears throat> One other story that's interesting is that I progressed through French. I started, I think I started taking French in before I came to Mercersburg, seventh and eighth grade, and I progressed at Mercersburg. And my senior year, I was enrolled in AP French. Ooh, with and Madame, right? With Madame. And I'll never forget, early on, uh, she, in the course, maybe the first week or the second week, we had done assessments, and she told me, she was like, you're not really ready for AP French. Mm. <laughs> and so I was like, ah, okay. Um, <clears throat> I wasn't interested in necessarily taking the exam, but I was really interested in continuing my studies. And she was so wonderful and so gracious and said, I will work with you, hmm. um, which was great because I, I quickly ruled out, you know, the, the getting a five or take even taking the test. I just knew that wasn't going to be what I needed or wanted. Um, but I went on to minor in French and mm. studied abroad in France. And, oh, that's um, so cool. I really do thank her for not giving up on me uh, when, when it was clear that that wasn't where my skill level was. And I'm sure you shared with her, I went to France and oh, all yeah. of that, and I got Definitely. to practice my skills. Definitely. She actually just showed me a video. She found a video from AP French when Ooh. we were doing these like, really intense speaking projects. And it's uh, it's pretty silly and embarrassing. <laughs> but she still has it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Well, I also want to ask you guys, like, 
What were your favorite traditions at Mercisburg when you attended here? And how are they different compared to now, if you can make that comparison? And maybe how have they changed, or what's the same? Hmm. Um, I mean, there's so many traditions that are great at Mercisburg, but I think what always stands out in my memory, I guess not, uh, you know, not a set school tradition, but just a norm is staying in the dining hall for hours on the weekend or, you know, staying and eating extra dessert after mm -hmm. dinner. Um, and I, and I'm so sad to see that, you know, with COVID, it's been hard to have everybody at the dining hall, but mm -hmm. I feel like I do still see it when I'm walking on campus and students are, you know, all sitting together on the quad and eating lunch together. Um, and I'm sure that you've found other opportunities to carry on that culture without, you know, necessarily yeah. being in the dining hall. Yeah. Um, so I think it's been special that to see that within COVID, but I'm also excited. I think probably like your melody yeah. to, to be back <laughs> in the dining hall. Um, and I definitely think that that's where I, you know, that's really where our friendships formed outside of the dorm. You know, I was sitting for, for hours and mm -hmm. eating and, you know, nibbling. <laughs> I Similarly, uh, Leah, that I have vivid memories of, uh, we used to have formal dinner every night. Oh, um, oh, every night. Maybe even Sunday. I know I'm going to sound like one of those old <laughs> alums who's like make, making yeah. stories up and maybe, but I, it was... <laughs> It definitely was uh, several nights a week, formal mm -hmm. dinner. We did not get as dressed up as, as students do now because mm -hmm. we, we were, I mean, I remember running from the gym and being in, like, just having showered after practice, field hockey or basketball, throwing on a kilt. Kilts were in in the 90s. I don't know <laughs> if they're coming back, but, um, and just being kind of a, a little bit of a hot mess going into dinner, not as formal or dressed mm -hmm. up, but sitting afterward because I think your day is sort of, pretty scheduled and packed and you're running around and din a sitting after dinner was one of my most favorite memories. Mm -hmm. I had a dear friend um, who's still a very good friend to this day who was at the head waiter's table and he would put on music mm -hmm. after dinner, mm -hmm. um, often Tina Turner. And so there would be lots of like drinking tea and coffee and singing. And um, I also love, and I, I don't know if this still happens today, I think so, but the octet would come oh. around to the dorms in the evening the after study day. hall. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad because I, I remember vividly, I lived on the third floor south and everyone, people would yell up the stairwell, the octet's here, and everybody would run down and pile in <laughs> uh -huh. um, and listen to them sing uh, several songs and they'd be making their way around campus. And that's one of my most favorite memories mm. and traditions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, they were just out here the other day, like when people were doing um, pumpkin carving. So they came around, everyone was so excited. So that's so nice to see that, like, they still continue that tradition. <laughs> Not long ago, <laughs> I wrote an article for the Mercisburg News based on the sanctuary policy, mm. and I interviewed. Uh, multiple alumni who are also students as well and they told me how things had changed over the years and I just want to ask like were rules more significant or were they less established compared your year and your year just to yeah if that makes sense like any policies yeah. or whatnot hmm you're le a little less far removed, so yeah. I don't know. I feel like I've been, I, I remember reading that article, and one of my, I mean, one of my classmates, Ms. Schoenberger, yeah. is a teacher, and I think she may have yes, yes. answered, um, and it was just so weird to me reading it, because I was, I realized how in the dark I was about a lot of our policies as a mm -hmm. student, and I think that was just sort of, you know, my personality is not one to toe the line. I am very clearly, you know, I'm like, never gonna, never going to break a rule. Um, but I think it was, you know, exciting to see that there are thoughts going into it. You know, it's mm -hmm. very 
people are being mindful about what will suit our students yeah. well. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that I, I think that, you know, in my time, we had the benefit of, you know, those who came before us. And it, that's continuing to be like, you know, our experience will shape your experience now yeah. as a student. I don't know. I don't really have any specific thoughts on specific policies, but it's mm-hmm. my vague <laughs> general <laughs> overview. So when I came to Mercersburg in 1996 as a student, as a lower middler, um, I think I was just one or two years after they had instituted, the, the school had instituted a no-tolerance policy. That's also what I included in my article. And yeah. so there, it was an interesting time to mm-hmm. enter because I think the school was very committed to that policy and, mm-hmm. and sort of... and and. I don't want to say playing it hard, mm. but it, they, it was very strict. strict. Yeah. It was yeah. very, very strict. And my first year here, there were a lot of students who were asked to leave the school because they had vi- violated the drug and alcohol mm-hmm. policy. Mm-hmm. So that was hard because, um, you know, that's the co- that dominated a conversation that I would yeah. have with my parents. Yeah. And they were like, what's going on? And, you know, I think I've since learned, especially working in high school for 16 years, working at a high school that, you know, there always will be drugs and alcohol. And I think, you know, the majority of kids are probably somewhere in the middle. There's always a group, maybe like Yulia, who's never going to break a rule. There's always going to be people who don't care at all about the rule. And then there's the majority in the middle who are probably just curious and figuring things out and want rules, Mm -hmm. really do want rules to help them navigate, protect themselves and navigate situations that can be difficult and dangerous. Um, you know, I, I think we, we had a policy similar Mm -hmm. to sanctuary. Um, it used to be called safe haven, um, where, and I, as a prefect in South Cottage had to take someone to safe haven, Mm -hmm. um, who was under the influence and came to the prefects and said, I want to go mm. to the health center. I want to go to safe haven. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, I was so glad that we had that because it was a dangerous situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to think that the consequence could be that we wouldn't go go get help would be yeah. really scary. So I think yeah. it's a really good policy. Um, and I and I think people deserve second chances. Yeah. I think yeah. people deserve to learn. Yeah. From mistakes. So. I'm glad that the school is revisiting that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that Mercersburg has, like, over time has slowly allowed, like, student voices to have more of an impact when mm-hmm. it comes to these rules. And it sort of, like, just ties in, like, the relationships between faculty and students to show, like, there's a lot of care for, like, their health, physical health, mental health, whatever it may be. But those are really good answers, so thank you so much. It helped my curiosity a bit, too. <laughs> um, I also want to ask, this one's, I guess... A little bit funny, but how was the Mercersburg dining when you guys went here versus now? Is it very different? Is it, like, similar? And, like, that includes formal dinners as well. Mm. Yeah, so family-style dinner, family-style lunch is the same. Mm -hmm. Family-style dinners, there has been some modification there, Mm -hmm. um, certainly in terms of dress. Uh, The food, I mean, that's always such a hot topic. I don't know Mm -hmm. what you think, Leah. You know, it's definitely better than Mm. when I was a student at least it seems better to me I don't remember thinking a lot about the food Mm -hmm. Um, I just and I also don't remember that we had a lot of options I think now there are so many options yeah Yeah, Yeah. the salad bar the soup bar vegan yeah Um, what funny thing about food is that we had in the basement of the student center so Ford a man who used to make pizzas 
And oh, wow. I, I know. And me and make pizzas and sell Ben and Jerry's. And he had this van. And he would, you would, you could call during study hall or before study hall and put in your order. And then he would drive around to the dorms and deliver. Is this somebody pizza. related to the school? Yes. Is somebody <laughs> somebody <laughs> like <man>. Romeo's. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. He, I think he worked here. Okay. I think his name was Preston. Mm-hmm. I'm totally blanking on his name now. But, but yeah, it, it was crazy because it was like my first time, you know, as a 15-year-old being away from home where it was like, I can order food whenever I yeah. want. Not healthy. <laughs> to eat pizza and Ben yeah. & Jerry's at 10, 15 at night, maybe more than once a week, yeah. you know? So I think the school now is so much more conscious of, like, Mm -hmm. health and food and nutrition. And I appreciate that because it's such an important topic. Like, Mm -hmm. it's an important thing to learn about when you're young so that Mm -hmm. you develop healthy habits. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, since I my experience was still fairly recent, I would say, um, I think it is pretty similar to what it is now. I think I have noticed, though... Um, there's definitely more of an effort to have locally sourced food and also to know, you know, where the food is coming from. Um, And also I think, I feel like there there used to always be some nutritional labels or some mm-hmm. I don't know different options, but I definitely the dots. Think, do you yeah, the, the dots. Yeah, yeah. Like I did red, not <laughs> red, <laughs> green, and yellow. Yeah. So like green was like eat as much as you want. Red was like eat with caution. Yeah. And yellow. Was like, yeah, I'd say like oh I yeah. have an all red dot plate tonight. Yeah, yeah, and so I feel like I'm, I'm glad that that's not in it because I don't think yeah. it was a perfect system. Um, I will say I do miss, I only had this in my ninth grade year, but they used to have on weekend brunches, they would have walks to make fried rice, and oh, those were oh amazing. Gosh. Oh, I forgot yeah. those, yeah. Yeah, they were really, I can understand why it'd be a pain to have to upkeep yeah. for high schoolers who don't know how to make fried rice, yeah. but yeah. Uh, th- those were some good weekends. But yeah, Flo, have they brought back the made-to-order eggs yet? And omelets and oh, omelets yes, in the yes, kitchen. Yes, yes. Okay, because that went away with COVID for a on little like bit. On like three days a week now. It was just like okay. one, and then they kept adding on, and nice. like that's so Good. nice because yeah. I just love having yeah. like for me over easy eggs with like mm, yeah. other things from the the yeah. bar. Nice. Um, but I just wanted to also ask, like, how does it feel to co-work with the faculty that used to teach and advise you guys? Like that must be like so- somewhat funny, but like <laughs> kind of cool too, right? I think, yeah, yeah. I think at the beginning, a lot of them, um, when they saw me, they'd have to do a double take because they'd think, like, didn't you graduate? Or, like, are you a student? Like, no, there's no way you're a student. (laughs) Um, And I think I, there was definitely a transition period of calling, you know, colleagues now by their first name versus, you know, Mr. or Mrs. something. Mm. Yes. No, I love it. And it just makes me respect and appreciate them so much more, um, knowing, you know, sort of having a, a, a more full understanding or full sense of all that they do. Um, and, you know, I think when you're students, as it should be, right, you're, you're very focused on yourself and your experience and your, your, your friends, um, and you're not thinking that much necessarily about the adults in your lives and their lives, mm-hmm. um, again, which I think is how it should be. But I remember when I first came back to work, one of my best friends who I lived with at, at here, um, she was like, I feel like you work all the time. You're on duty, you're coaching. And I'm like, what do you think it means to live in a residential boarding <laughs> school? You know, like that, yes, that is the job. Um, so I just got, I gained so much more respect mm-hmm. and admiration for them. And it, and it's, 
again, like I said, a huge part of the reason why I wanted to come back yeah. to have the opportunity to work with people who have dedicated their lives mm-hmm. yeah. to this. Ooh, that's yeah. really nice. Thank you guys both. Um, another question I have is, since you come back onto campus, have when you came back, were there any like changes with the buildings or like you, like with exterior? You know what I mean? Because I know they did a lot of renovating and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, I'm always. I mean, I'm amazed. Again, graduated in 2015, so I really feel like not that long ago. But mm-hmm. even in, you know, I'd come back every summer for camp, and it felt like every year there'd be something a little bit new. Mm-hmm. And I think the one that I am most upset about missing is the field house, since I did winter track. So is oh yeah, yeah. I wish I could run inside rather than you know, in the snow or uh. ice. <laughs> we probably had to shovel the track. Yes, that would be one of our workouts is we take turns shoveling and while oh somebody gosh. while somebody was shoveling, everybody else was running around campus and then we'd have to go back and shovel a little bit more of the track. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, that would be really cold and yeah. it's not fun. Um, I probably wouldn't run winter track for that reason. Uh, yeah, for me, obviously being a little bit more removed, a lot has changed. Uh, you know, the Bergen Center for the Arts was probably the most significant change yeah. because, oh, yes. it, and it was, um, I mean, what, the building that was there before was really just sort of an auditorium uh-huh. and there were some rooms in the basement, but it was dark and old and dated. Uh-huh. Um, and so that was really, really incredible. The pool is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's a huge change. I, you know, I wasn't a swimmer. I swam during Irving Marshall, but um, that's such an incredible facility. So it's, it is nice to see all of the improvements. I personally feel though like those buildings and maybe it's because I work here and I'm here every day, mm-hmm. those buildings belong there and everything fits and it feels really seamless mm-hmm. and it feels yeah. it still feels very Mercersburg. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't feel yeah. that different yeah. to me, <laughs> but maybe if you were if you we're gone for 20 years and came back. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I um, toured uh, an alum from the class of 1949 yesterday oh, who wow. had not been back on campus since his graduation. Oh and I, I, he was pretty overwhelmed going around, but it, it, it wasn't like, I feel like he could still feel that it was Mercersburg, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. He recognized South Cottage where he lived and he pointed to the room that he yeah. lived in and it happened to be the room that I lived in as oh, well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. And then, he, and he loved, you know, hearing about all the new facilities. So, uh-huh. you know, even somebody yeah. who's 90 years old now can yeah. still feel that it's Mercersburg yeah. Uh, yeah. at its root. That's cool. Yeah. Um, lastly, do you guys have any final thoughts or I guess shout outs to any current faculty that made your experience better? I have a long list. <laughs> I mean, Rick Hendrickson is always going to be on my list. Mr. Hendrickson, he was my advisor for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, our nickname for him was BR, so mm-hmm. you can ask him what that means. Um, Paul Gailey, he's, I guess he's not current faculty, but he still does some driving, I think, for students. I love Paul. Um, who else is still here? I don't know, you guys. The list is actually getting shorter. <laughs> Mr. Malone. I love Mr. Yeah. Malone. I never had Mr. Malone in class. I did have Mr. Holsworth in class. Mm-hmm. He was my physics teacher, and he always made physics really fun mm-hmm. and funny. Madame. Mm-hmm. I've already talked about the ones who are still current, but um, I'm still very close with um, Chris Corcoran, who's class of 82. He was my history teacher for a couple of years. I had, I had awesome teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, Joel Chase was my English teacher. He's a parent of several alums. He's retired but he was an amazing mm-hmm. creative writing teacher so yeah yeah I mean I think there obviously we have so many amazing faculty members 
Um, but I think I'm really excited. I mean, this is an exciting series because I think it's so fun for me now to be working with so many of my peers who mm-hmm. I went, uh, I was in high school with, and now we're working at the same place. So yeah. I feel like that's been really special, and especially with you know like Emily being here and having it be her first year as a faculty member. It's fun for me to see her sort of fit into her role here <laughs> after seeing her as yeah. a student. I love it. That was great. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Ms. Cook and Ms. Radley. So this was an amazing podcast, and I just want to say thank you for everyone for listening, and I hope you have a great day. 